1: in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna, and those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.
2: Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio.
1: We're going to welcome in Ian Rappaport, Tom Pellicero, and Judy Bautista. The Deshaun Watson suspension news has arrived. Six games, and Ian has the latest. Ian.
3: After the three-day disciplinary hearing in front of Judge Sue L. Robinson in Delaware, and this has been what you know. so many in the NFL have been waiting for, for not just the last several weeks, but the last several months, ever since this Deshaun Watson situation arose multiple allegations of sexual misconduct, allegations of violations of the NFL personal conduct policy. And this morning, Sue Robinson informed all parties that it should be six games, which means that Watson should return if this holds on October 23rd against the Baltimore Ravens, the NFL PA on behalf of Watson, have said they are not appealing this ruling. They said this yesterday before the ruling came out. No word yet. From the NFL, couple particulars of this situation. First of all, for Deshaun Watson under his previous contract, uh, he would have lost more than eleven and a half million dollars because of his six-game suspension. Now, because his base salary is so low, a lot uh, more than forty-five million forty-five million dollars, I believe, in a signing bonus, just three hundred and forty-five thousand dollars. That he now loses. And guys, there there were settlement talks really over the last several weeks. The NFL, of course, as we know, was pushing for a year suspension. They really never got close on settlement talks. They picked up back and forth over the last couple days, but in the end, both parties decided the best move was simply to wait for Sue Robinson's ruling. It's not clear yet what the NFL thinks of this. I don't get the sense that Deshaun Watson, those close to him, are particularly thrilled about this either. They thought it should be less, but six games is what Sue Robinson landed on and at long last some certainty in this situation just from a football sense, football Jacoby Brissett now set to be the starting quarterback for the Browns for the next month and a half.
1: Absolutely, and it's been referenced that he is taking a lot of snaps up until this decision was made, so Jacoby Brissett will now be the starter for the Browns as we settle into this suspension, however many games it ends up landing on. Tom Palacero, you are in Cleveland. What is the sense you're getting right now on this Watson decision now that it's been reached?
4: First of all, Jamie, Deshaun Watson, I am told, is in the building and expected to practice today as normal with the Browns. It is common for players who are suspended for Less than a year to be allowed by the NFL to participate in all activities, practices, and preseason games, all the way up until cutdown day. So the expectation, pending any appeals, is that will also apply to Deshaun Watson. A couple other notes from Sue L. Robinson's decision: She wrote in her decision that the pattern of behavior by Deshaun Watson was quote egregious, but also specified it was quote nonviolent sexual behavior that Deshaun Watson committed in this case. That is why she landed on six games. The NFL, of course, had sought a minimum indefinite suspension of at least one year. In settlement talks, I'm told they were unwilling to go below a 12-game suspension for Deshaun Watson on top of a significant fine. In this case, with Sue L. Robinson's decision, there is no additional fine for Deshaun Watson. It is just that six-game suspension, which as Ian noted, is a fairly significant, insignificant amount of money for a player who signed a five-year, $230 million, fully guaranteed contract. The NFL now has three days to appeal this. If the NFL does appeal, the NFLPA would have two days to respond to it that means any appeals process would not get going until next week and if roger goodell or his designee increase this discipline i would expect the nflba to consider all options including going to federal court
1: yes yeah, six games for deshaun watson at this point would cost him about three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, right around there again three days to appeal for the nfl so judy uh, what might be the next step here from the nfl side of things
5: Well, they have an interesting decision to make. Certainly six games is light by any standard, especially since uh, Judge Robinson talked about an egregious pattern of behavior. I know she noted that it was nonviolent. It was certainly coercive, though. The league wanted an indefinite suspension of at least one full year. So six games is light by that measure. It's light by any measure. I'd be surprised if the NFL does not increase the suspension. The NFL has had a long, difficult history on cases involving players player behavior with women. The Ray Rice case shadows the NFL to this day. They have done a lot of work to try to improve On that topic, and I feel like if they don't increase the suspension here where there were so many accusers, so many cases, a disturbing pattern of behavior, I I feel like the NFL would probably view that as a whole lot of work that goes to waste. This is a very tricky decision for the NFL because it is the first case under this new policy where you have an independent arbitrator making the first determination if there was a violation of the personal conduct policy. But again, because this is so light so much lighter than the league looked for. I would be surprised if the league does not appeal it and and increase the suspension.
1: Judy, thank you. Um, Yes, it certainly feels like a standard is being set here with this being the first time the NFL and the NFLPA have had to go through this process. Ian, you have something that you would like to add?
3: Yeah, I do I'm going to go back to one thing that that Judy said, you know, we've been talking about the 20 plus lawsuits against Deshaun Watson for, you know, a, a year now essentially and, you know, so many lawsuits accusing him of sexual misconduct and other similar allegations. What the NFL brought to sue Robinson though was five cases. You know, they interviewed more than 10, I believe 15 or so was the number uh, of accusers that the NFL was able to interview, but they brought five cases to Judge Sue L. Robinson, as she noted in her ruling, all non-violent cases. And that is an interesting distinction because publicly we've talked about 20, but she based her ruling on either 4 or 5. So that might sort of explain where the number 6 comes from. But you're right, Judy. We, we await the NFL's word on are they going to appeal and the fact that it is the first time we have seen this disciplinary process, which the NFL agreed upon with the NFLPA, that certainly does, you know, precedent is always so important in this situation. We'll see what precedent is set based on whether or not they accept this ruling of six-game suspension.
4: Another note from the collective bargaining agreement and the way that Article 46 was rewritten in the 2020 CBA. This is not going to be a completely new trial, so to speak, of Deshaun Watson if the NFL does appeal it before Roger Goodell or his designee. Sue L. Robinson's findings under the CBA are binding in terms of the facts. That's why she produced the 15-page document that she sent to the parties this morning informing them of the six-game suspension for Deshaun Watson. The facts now are what they are. What it would be if the NFL appeals is, in essence, a process of The NFL would argue that based upon the factual findings by Sue L. Robinson from the three-day hearing back in early July that the previous precedent of six games should not apply. In essence, they should be able to suspend Deshaun Watson for a substantial more amount of time based upon the simple volume of allegations here. The NFLPA would strongly disagree with that, so by putting out that statement last night, that was the warning shot to the NFL. Either you don't appeal this, except Sue L. Robinson's findings, or if you do appeal it and eventually you increase the suspension, then we are going going to sue you. We are going to take you to federal court. We are going to create a shadow over the NFL season because that would not be a quick process here. Even the appeals process would probably take multiple weeks to complete. Then you would head into federal courts. We've lived through this before. Ezekiel Elliott being one primary case. Does the NFL want to open that up? As Judy said, it's a very difficult decision in the first case under the 2020 CBA. A completely new process to see exactly how the NFL is going to decide how to proceed.
5: One thing I would add here is that the NFL has generally prevailed in court at the appeals court level. It typically loses at the district court level. And then the appeals court in several cases has reaffirmed the power of the commissioner to impose discipline in personal conduct cases. The question, as Tom pointed out, is does the NFL want this dragging out? And certainly it would create a shadow over the season. That's the calculation they have to make if they want to increase the penalty. But I don't think the NFL is afraid of the courts because frankly, they've had success when they've been in court in the past. I don't think they worry about that as a precedent. I think much more it's the question of the fact that this would be a topic of conversation for many, many more weeks if it goes into court.
1: Absolutely. And let's all remember that it was 12 hours ago the NFLPA put that statement out that was imploring the NFL to do the same, to accept this judgment as it stood. And this was before the six games were even announced. So the NFLPA asking that of the NFL, and now we all sit and wait and see if the NFL will do that, not appeal or appeal. There is a process. Set forth here, but Mike, we've been living in this now for uh, since January of 2021. A lot has unfolded, and there's a lot to unpack.
6: Yes, and uh, our our crew cobbled together a timeline of of when this started and how long it's been. I mean, uh, coincidentally, I think I was here in studio the day that. Watson or the day after Watson requested a trade and he did not play for all of the previous season with the Houston Texans which was in large part his decision because he wanted a trade he wanted out so any notion that oh he's already kind of sort of served a suspension is just not right. just <clears throat> not accurate a- as we continue to go this you and you heard our Judy Batista say that she'd be surprised if the NFL does not appeal this and say you know hey look we we wanted a much more significant suspension here we did not get it we have the right under the collective bargaining agreement and the nflpa really making it clear that they're not going to take that one sitting down and that we could have a uh, prolonged legal fight potentially on our hands here as as tom pellicero noted and you can kind of see where this is going right i mean you can kind of see the nflpa saying we negotiated this we wanted independent arbitration. You knew it was important to us. You knew it was important enough to us that you gave it to us mm-hmm. as far as Sue Robinson being the first line of defense here. And then probably saying, well, if you fully intended all along to not even listen to what she has to say and impose your own suspension anyway, then you really didn't negotiate that collective bargaining agreement in good faith, right? I mean, there'll be more legal, technical aspects to it. But that's basically where this would potentially go. And then the NFL saying, "What well, you signed the document. Mm-hmm. It was in there, in the writing. It was part of the discussions, right? I mean, kind of going back to what we talked about with Kyler Murray last week. You you, you know what you signed. You, you know signed what you contract. agreed to. You signed yep. that contract. So, you know, when we when we sit here and we say, well, he's going to miss these games, uh, where are they? Carolina Jets, Steelers, Falcons, Chargers, New England. We, we don't know that. There are still some steps to go here. And the NFL, again, has the right to appeal this within the next three days. So hang in there. We'll yep. see where it goes.
1: Mike's got it. Since January 2021, this has been unfolding. And we look at the schedule for- for the Browns this season in 2022. But to keep in mind, there were upwards of 24 civil lawsuits that were potentially going to be taken against Deshaun Watson. We're talking about women that this happened to. Potentially, they are alleged victims, but obviously if this judge has determined it to be egregious, nonviolent sexual behavior, there were people involved in this that were clearly affected. And we're talking about football, and this. and we had the schedule up there, but let's just keep in mind that there are women watching this that had interactions with Deshaun Watson that uh, this is the whole reason why we're sitting here and talking about the six game suspension so we're going to have more on this here on good morning football coming up stay tuned
0: you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower
9: I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going exactly. guard. Like You see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that?
8: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to point game. I remember you came out from
9: room crying tears. <laughs> crying, tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. His, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told
0: you? <laughs> I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he ain't not <laughs> <it? laughs>
7: So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
1: If you're just joining us here on Good Morning Football, um, it's been decided six-game suspension for quarterback Deshaun Watson. This decided by uh, former Judge Sue L. Robinson, who is an independent arbiter who was agreed upon, hand-picked by the NFLPA, And the NFL. She is the one that brings down the six-game suspension, recommends it, Mm -hmm. as our insiders have been continuously reminding us it is a recommendation. The NFL has three days to appeal this process. Again, they recommended the NFL did a full season, an indefinite suspension up to a full season and beyond. And she came back with her fact-finding that took over a month. The hearing started in late June, came back with the six games, and this conversation will continue. But as of right now, we sit at six-game suspension for quarterback for the Browns, Deshaun Watson. All right, we're going to stay here in New York, which is where we are. We're going to head to Giants camp where Rhett Lewis and Brian Baldinger are sitting. They're hanging out. They've been there since sunrise. I passed him on my way into the studio. <laughs> yeah. I waved. They waved right back. Yeah. It was a whole great thing. Guys, what can the Giants do during training camp that will benefit Daniel Jones, their quarterback the most during this season?
10: It's a good question, Jamie, because I, I think that's that's obviously one of the big points here at Giants camp with the team obviously not exercising the fifth-year option on Daniel Jones' rookie contract, which means this is the last year he'll yeah. be under contract. So obviously a big year, and I think they've already done some things, right? I mean, drafted Wandale Robinson, Trying to get that offensive line continued to be, to be solidified there. Evan Neal uh, in the first. They've added, They've added a lot of pieces. Added a lot of pieces. So how does it come together? though? Well,
9: right? I just I was out here at practice on yeah. Thursday and they were just you know in helmets, they, no pads, and what I saw from Brian Dable was organization. I thought there was a real plan in practice. Low red zone, third and two to five, but tempo. They ran a lot of plays. Yeah. So you know Daniel Jones got a lot of snaps today though. First day in pads. We should hear some popping going on out there. And really, you can make a much better evaluation sure. as they kind of start to really evaluate Daniel Jones. You know, does the rush get there? How does he handle the pocket? Right. All those kind of things. But the, the big thing, I think, is he's got his starters on the field. And so much of last year, even with Kenny Galladay and Cardarius Tony, Sterling Shepard, they were not on the field. They were not practicing. But so far, they have practiced every day this year since training camp has started. And that's a big deal to get those reps, live reps, with sure. his starting group.
10: Sure. And, and obviously Sterling Shepard's still working his way back from that Achilles injury, and he's kind of one of the longest tenure guys here now uh, in East Rutherford, New Jersey, for this Giants team, especially that wide receiver spot. Uh, but there's some young talent there and some talent that came over, as you mentioned, with Kenny Galladay that we didn't necessarily see really manifest itself in the way the Giants had, had hoped a year ago. So maybe we get that this year, but still a lot left to prove here for Daniel Jones, guys.
11: Baldy, you've been down at the Giants training camp a few times this summer, and you mentioned Brian Dable and what the practices are like, the tempo and the different things that he is doing. What do you think that can materialize for the New York Giants this season?
9: Well, I think the big thing, Jason, is just talking to Kenny Galladay the other day when I was here, his number one goal isn't number of catches, touchdowns, any of that. It's to stay healthy and to practice every day. He just missed too much practice time, and so last year, Jason, Cardarius Tony, and Kenny Galladay, they never found the end zone one time. So, for Brian Dable right now, now, it's, you know, we're early in camp, right, Jason? It's yeah. installation. Today, the emphasis is going to be on the run game. Uh, it's going to be on base defense. So, you're going to see a lot of, you know, just the offensive line coming off the ball, going up against that man in behind Brian Dable, number 97, Dexter Big Lawrence, decks. right there. Yep. There's uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, number five. We're going to see those guys kind of get at it in the trenches today, Jason. But I think what Brian has really got is he's got a real good eye for what he's looking for right now. He knows the way he wants his offense to look and how crisp he wants it. They did that in Buffalo. He saw a slow build in Buffalo. Sure. And I think that's really... I think they're going to be patient here as they build this. Like Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau, they're 21 years old. Right. You know, they're they're just they're kids yeah. growing up here very quickly. And
10: the good news is, guys, the tone has already been set today, this Monday morning here from Giants camp. They've already had Ozzy Osborne yes. blasting over the speakers here. We're going full pads. Yes. Baldy's ready. Yeah. Let's get this thing fired up here. Expect some young Joka too. That's uh, Kadarius
6: Tony. They played that okay. the other All right, day good. at practice. <laughs> I know. Okay. I know, Rhett, that when it comes on, you're going to know exactly who <laughs> let's, the artist is. Let's go. Just like I did. So I it's hope Red I tells me what day. that Young who Joker? that is, Mike. Ho-
2: Young Joker? I Young you Joker, guys. that's go Kadarius
6: in. Tony. But listen, the other day, Baldy, you talked about Kenny Galday's goals. We tried to get him out uh, out of him and he said, "You know, stay healthy." And then he <laughs> said, the rest I'm going to keep to myself. So mm-hmm. let's see, Baldy, get another crack
9: at it today. Yeah. Let's see if you can get the whole list. Yeah, out. yeah. we'll and try maybe, again. Maybe Rhett's we'll what again. you need—a
6: better reporter, a,
1: a better person
10: <laughs> to ask
6: better questions right. on the scene.
9: <laughs> we will press him, Mike. We will press him <laughs> on your behalf, and we'll get right back to you.
10: <laughs> All right, Mike.
1: Nice, It'll work. beautiful.
6: Thank you, boys. Maybe I'll stop by on my way yeah, home. Ma'am. Who knows? There you go, Jamie. to yeah, Come on over. over. I let's would go. love
1: to. I would love to. Just drop me off on the way there. I'll just hang out. I'll do the show from there tomorrow. All right, so encouragement, maybe the word that we're seeing from Giants training camp. Across the board, though, with some of those young guys, what have you seen mostly from Giants training camp that encourages you guys as you are looking ahead to this season? Well, before
11: you guys go, I'm, I'm impressed by Mike with the, did you see the pronunciation? Young, young Joker. Joker. Yeah, make sure he got it right. right. I'm, I'm impressed. There, like, like a human Shazam
1: button, man. man. I think You're it's just... J-O-K-A, Young
2: Joker. Young Joker.
11: Pretty sure. Whatever you say, we're going
6: with
1: it. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, that's what it is officially. Rhett
2: was trying to get us there with Ozzy. That I'm good on. And then you went to Young Joker. (laughs) The reason that I didn't really know that it was Young Joker, right, at the time, I I read it later. I was like, I had no idea.
6: Because it was good! Like, it it fit in with everything else. I was like, it didn't stand out. What was it, Mike?
2: What's that? What was good?
6: The the young Joker. How many?
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The
6: the, the bars. He has obligation
1: to say 49 times.
2: The Brian Dayball thing seems to be going really well. People seem really, really like him. It's going over. Sometimes these coaches show up and it's, whoa, Mm. and I don't know, they're going to be put this back in the book. No, this seems like it's going really well. I hate to, For some reason, I've turned into some sort of criticism uh, expert of of Kenny Galladay, and I never knew I was going to be that way. But I just remember when he was the the guy, like he was the name in free agency, and everyone kept passing on him and passing on him, and finally, like, I guess the Giants are going to sign. This big contract just last year was so disappointing. He didn't score a touchdown, literally none. And so it's like if the Giants are going to be a thing, everyone's like Saquon's got to go. I get it. Can we get a Galladay like cameo? He said you said he didn't want to reveal the rest of his goals. Yeah. I would have to think scoring six points with a catch would be one of them at yeah. top, right? <laughs> Probably on. <aren't> it's allowed. <laughs> so Kenny, like I, I've been way over the line in my criticism of you today, but haven't you kind of earned it? Let's go here. You got a big check. Yeah. The, the, <laughs>
6: listen, the energy is good out there. I was out there, with, like I said, with Baldy the other day, and and you and you could tell it's a little. And, And I don't – I still think somewhere inside Joe Judge there's a good head coach in this league. I truly do believe. I I feel like he was not paired well with the general manager and the two of them didn't get along and didn't see eye to eye. I thought there was a lot of stuff going on there that just didn't factor in. So I I don't want this to be a, oh, well, Joe – but – Now, when this regime comes in and the general manager and the head coach are aligned and they're able to do things the way that they want to do it from start to finish, not only from a personnel standpoint, but from a culture standpoint, the vibes are pretty good at Giants. If I'm a Giants fan, I I feel pretty good. And, And I do know that this ownership wants this regime to have that long extended run together, right? Like kind of San Francisco did. They had those six-year deals that they with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch saying, hey, I know we've had a lot yeah, of turnover yeah, yeah, lately. Yeah. This is going to be a long runway. That's kind of the way it feels right now.
1: I'm hoping the flights of fancy that I've had about the Giants offense can ring true a little bit because Kadarius Toney, from what I remember seeing of him when he played at Florida, was an unbelievable talent from a quarterback and Kyle Trask that didn't quite have it, yet he had Kyle Pitts and he had Kadarius Toney of Florida, and look at what the Gators were able to accomplish when Kadarius Tony was at Florida. Now he comes to the Giants, and I almost feel like Daniel Jones, Kadarius Tony, they need to rely on each other to improve, to step up. And maybe they be- can become, on Whiteboard Wednesday, a favorite quarterback wide receiver duo that we didn't know we needed this season because great. they could be there together and they need each other to step up. I,
2: I got to point this out. I, I spoke, Mike spoke, and halfway through Jamie speaking was the first time Daniel Jones' name was mentioned in our talk about Giants I don't think that's a good thing. I think yeah. it's because mostly when he comes up it's not constructive positive things. I don't have anything you can positive do it. to say. Jamie, you, you can did. Do it, Jason,
11: Daniel? do you? you? You took the words right out of my oh, mouth. Oh, thank God. <laughs> the next I thing I was going to say is all these things are great. We're talking about Brian Dable. He's bringing the energy to yep. Temple. How's Daniel Jones doing? I don't know. We want Kenny Galladay to score a touchdown. Someone's got to throw Daniel him the ball. We talked about Kadarius Toney, the unbelievable athlete he is. He's not a running back. You can't hand it off to him. Somebody's got to throw him the ball. So we want to know how Daniel Jones is looking in camp. How's he grasping the new offense? Is he not turning the ball over? Is he making the right reads? Is he putting the ball on place? Is he staring down his targets? Those are all of the things we want to know from Giants camp because that's gonna be the biggest thing, the biggest factor mm. to determine what this Giants team looks like. And then also they dropped off a little bit last year on defense. So are they able to pick it back up? Patrick Graham's gone. Wings there. We got to see what's going on with them on the defensive side of the did ball you play against as Jones? well. Did you play against them? I, I, I did play against him in 2019. Was, was it memorable? A Thursday night game. Very memorable. We danced in the end zone. <laughs> hey! it, was, it was an awesome was game for us. It was pretty oh, ugly. Man. So not, yeah. I, mean, I won't put that one performance on him, but okay. they need him to play better. There was some interceptions going Going on there, I think Gilmore broke one up. That John Simon intercepted. That was three intercepted coordinators
6: enough. and head coaches away for this right. guy, which is part of the problem with Daniel. I agree. I can't I give agree. him a grade. I gotta give him an incomplete because mm-hmm. of everything. Kind of, kind of what I said about Judge. Just like things around him, just nothing was really aligned. Here we go. As John Mara said in the spring, we've done everything we possibly can to screw this guy up. Now they're trying to do the opposite and make it right around.
1: Well, we'll see how he handles the fact that they did not pick up his option and what kind of fire he has in his competitive nature. Daniel Jones, we'll say your name because we need you to step up within this Giants offense. We've got more Good Morning Football coming your way, including a lot more to discuss and unpack about Deshaun Watson's six-game suspension.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.
1: If you're just joining us here on Good Morning Football, it has been decided by the independent arbiter, Judge Sue L. Robinson, that Deshaun Watson has been suspended six games for his conduct that has been detrimental to the NFL. Uh, She was agreed upon as the independent arbiter uh, between the NFL and the NFLPA. This story has been unfolding with the alleged victims accusing Deshaun Watson of inappropriate behavior since January of 2021 when Deshaun Watson requested a trade To leave Houston, he's with the Browns now, and now we're going to welcome in Ian Rapport, Tom Pellicero, who is in Cleveland, and Judy Bautista. Uh, Guys, the Deshaun Watson suspension, the news has arrived as we're discussing. Ian, you have the latest. What's going on?
3: Deshaun Watson officially issued a six-game suspension, but only by Judge Sue L. Robinson. That is not, as you guys have talked about the full story here, this is the first time... That the NFL has used this specific disciplinary process that was mutually agreed upon by the NFL and the NFLPA in the latest CBA. Uh, essentially, uh, they jointly appointed Sue Robinson, and then both parties have appeal rights. The NFLPA and Deshaun Watson have said they are not going to appeal the suspension. They said that before the suspension, they are still not appealing the six games. So in their minds, that is what it is. We now wait word from the NFL. Are they going to appeal? Is Roger Goodell going to appeal the six-game suspension from Deshaun Watson? You know, guys, we've been talking for months and months about the 20-plus civil allegations, civil lawsuits against Deshaun Watson alleging sexual misconduct and worse, based on his behavior with several massage therapists. That is not what Sue Robinson, the judge, considered. She considered five specific cases that the NFL presented. Four of those were accusers who who filed lawsuits against Watson. So publicly and in the hearing room, those were two different things, two different lists essentially of allegations. None of the ones she considered alleged that Deshaun Watson committed any sort of violence. Maybe that gives a little explanation as to why the number ended up where it is. And just from a money standpoint, Deshaun Watson of course signed the huge contract, $230 million fully guaranteed. But because his base salary is so low, For this season, he loses just $345,000 from his suspension.
1: Yeah, Ian, and the NFL has three days to conduct that appeal if they choose to do so, so Judy... What do you think uh, will be the next step for the NFL on their side of things?
5: Well, first of all, I want to be clear about this. This should not be perceived as Judge Robinson considering only five cases. Five is too many. One is too many. The fact that she didn't consider all 24 was a decision by the league to present their cases to her, how many they wanted to bring to her. But this is not a case of only five. These are five allegations that were serious. She called the pattern of behavior egregious. She did note that it was not. I would expect the NFL to take a minute and gauge the public reaction. Let's be honest, there is a public perception issue here involved with the NFL. They have had a history of difficulty in dealing with these cases, the most famous, the Ray Rice case. Many people in the NFL remember that and are still a bit haunted by it. They have tried very hard to improve their image among female fans since then. And I suspect they will take some time to see how this is being perceived. Six games is Much, much lighter than the league wanted. They wanted an indefinite suspension of at least a full year. I suspect that they will be looking at this. And one thing that popped into my mind while we've been talking about this is during the Ray Rice situation, an owner, longtime owner who was close to Roger Goodell, said to me, Why are we going easy on this guy? Let the union take up for the bad guy. And I do wonder if there are people in the league who still feel that way that if the union wants to fight on Deshaun Watson's behalf, that's fine. They can do. That, but that the league should not be in the position of giving them a slap on the wrist in this case.
1: Yeah, Judy, considering the cases that the judge did hear, remember she labeled Deshaun Watson's behavior as egregious, nonviolent sexual behavior. That is coming from the independent arbiter. Ian and Judy, thank you so much. You guys have to get ready for the rest of the day coverage on Inside Training Camp Live, so we'll hear from you again. And we'll stick with Tom Pallacero, who is in Cleveland, and we're going to ask him what the feeling is now. You heard that Deshaun Watson is in the building, so what is being said? What's the vibe? around the building now that this decision has been reached, Tom?
4: Jamie, Deshaun Watson is indeed in the building. I am told he is expected to practice this afternoon. It is common under NFL policies for a player who is suspended for less than a year to be allowed to participate in all activities, practice, and preseason games all the way up until cutdown day. So Deshaun Watson now officially suspended for six games. This is in line with what the Browns had been anticipating going back to the months of research that they put into the Deshaun Watson situation. They absolutely knew a suspension, potentially a lengthy suspension, was going to be a... A possibility. Six games falls within the threshold of what they believed it might end up being. We will hear from some Browns players, or at least that's what has been previously scheduled. I would anticipate we'll hear from some of the decision makers in the building as well later on today. They've also been preparing for the possibility that Jacoby Brissett would be their starting quarterback at the start of the season. If that ends up being six games, if that potentially ends up being longer based upon an NFL appeal, that's all going to play out in the coming days here. So the league has three days if it decides to file an appeal. After that, the NFLPA, who has two days to respond to that appeal, meaning that if there is an appeals process that would be heard by Roger Goodell or his designee, that would not even begin until next week. And also you had the NFLPA firing what amounted to a warning shot last night with a statement saying that they are going to abide by Judge Sewell Robinson's decision whatever it ended up being, and they called on the NFL to do so. In other words, if the NFL does appeal this decision, and if Roger Goodell or his appointee end up increasing the suspension, this is definitely possible that it could end up in federal court, a place where, as Judy Batista pointed out earlier in the show, the NFL generally wins at the appeals court level, but in the short term, the union can cause chaos. We've seen it in the past, most notably in the Ezekiel Elliott case, which went to three different courts in three different states. He played in week one, then he was suspended. It ended up dragging out all the way until close to December. In that particular case, does the NFL want to have that type of a shadow over the season to defend its rights under the CBA on a process that this is the very first case that's Sue L. Robinson has heard under the new 2020 policy in terms of her having the initial disciplinary decision. The NFL and Roger Goodell or his appointee overseeing any appeals. Does the NFL want to go that route? Again, they have three days to make that decision.
1: Tom, thank you so much. I know we're going to check in with you a bunch the rest of the day. Frankly, in terms of the shadow that the NFL, if they were to file an appeal, would cast on the process, that's not really what I care about. I care about the precedent that this is setting for behavior or future behaviors that I really don't want. I really want to stop seeing from NFL players.
6: Yeah, and there's a lengthy ruling from Judge Robinson that has not yet been put out there, which is kind of surprising to me that it hasn't at this point. But I I did just trade some text with someone who read it, and that person said that she, meaning Judge Robinson, generally accepted the NFL's presentation of the facts in this case but found the request for an indefinite suspension inconsistent and unfair with past discipline that basically in similar cases there weren't indefinite suspensions. So that's why she held it to that standard of six games, which, again, if if you were asking me my guess coming into it, I would say a judge is coming in and saying, well, this is what you've written as part of your personal conduct policy. I'm going to hold it to that. That's the baseline. Uh, And the other thing, just kind of a poignant deal, if that's even the right word. We talked about the money aspect of this, $45 million signing bonus that's going to be untouched. The first payment of that signing bonus, it was broken into $15 million, $15 million, $15 million. The first payment was due yesterday. Mm. So that's when the first installment of this signing bonus that's going to be untouched went to Sean Watson's way.
2: I think what happens with something like this is you get kind of numb to the news cycle, and we've been caught up in this race for weeks, in this this horse race of how many games is it going to be, in this number, or that number, that you start to lose track of the human element of the story. This is not a player who's being suspended for Peds or even gambling. This is a um, very poignant human story involving women, and there's this thing about well, it's not 30, it's not two dozen, it's it's five. Like, who cares if it's one? Do you understand? It, it could it could be one, and I and I. There's also this non-violent phrase that's being thrown out. Like, is this some sort of band-aid? The word is coercive, and I look at six and I find it very light. I hope it doesn't stay that way. Personally, I think that Deshaun Watson leveraged his status as an NFL player against women, in my opinion. And I think it happened more than one time, and I think it was in closed doors and small rooms against women who were probably intimidated, and it pisses me off to even talk about it, and frankly, it pisses me off to see the number six, and I don't think it's going to stay that way, and I hope it doesn't.
1: In a professional setting, that's really what irks me, too. This was not in a social setting, either, that these engagements happen. This was done, he hired these women to perform a service, a professional service that they have been trained to do, and this is the situation that they got put into with this young man.
11: Yeah, my biggest issue is obviously there was a process here and it went through the process, but to hear the findings where an egregious sexual pattern of behavior is very hard to deal with. Like you just said the human element of it, the fact that we are saying it's factual that there was wrongdoing and that was sexual and that it was egregious, the six games sounds so crazy that like it's hard to even sit here and discuss amount of games. Like this was the mm-hmm. behavior at hand and that's the scary thing. Like Six games, any type of games, when you're going to sit here and discuss it, when you hear those words put together, you're going to say, oh, it's not enough. Because it sounds crazy, egregious, sexual, a pattern of it, behavior. It just sounds so awful.
1: And I know it's it's the Browns. The Browns have taken it on as their job to pay this person to be their quarterback. But And then the language also comes down, the fact that the Browns, they are going to deal, take on the club-approved massage therapist, and this has to happen, I would assume, at the team facilities. And Jason brought up a great point. How do you think... think those massage therapists or those team personnel people feel about taking on that responsibility just to monitor this young man's behavior, a pattern in which we has been labeled as egregious by somebody who heard all the facts and the fact that now everyone else has to take on responsibility for something that this person did to so many women. I find so frustrating and I'm it's growing in me more that six games is too late.
2: I understand quickly, Jason, what would you say to Deshaun today? If you're one of his teammates, you show up to work, this biggest story in the world. What do you even say? Well, how do you act? Wow. What can
11: you say? I don't know. I I mean, praying for you, like praying not for you, for you, yes, for the women, Uh for just everybody. I don't don't know what you would say. Mm -hmm.
1: I think a lot probably was maybe already tried to be said or before this unfolded. I mean, they've been around him since he was traded. And and I would think as a teammate, you would have tried to find out more about the situation before we got to this point. So it's... Really, really a challenging situation for everybody involved to be in. Deshaun Watson suspended six games from the NFL and the NFLPA that came down from Judge Sue Robinson. We've unpacked this with all of our insiders, both in studio and at training camps. The NFL is still waiting to put out a statement, and we're also waiting to read the specific ruling from the judge. But, Jason, Kyle posed an interesting question to you. As a former player, as a man that could potentially be in that locker room with Deshaun Watson, how would you handle a day like today?
11: Man, you asked me, what would I say to him? I think, as I thought about it, I would tell him to change your actions. Like, obviously, the things that have transpired, the rulings, we know that there was wrongdoing. I think this creates an opportunity to change that behavior, to change the course of it. I've been around guys that have made mistakes, and we're all going to have things that we do wrong way and different things that happen in life. What you do with it goes a long way, and this is an opportunity for him to stand up for what's right, to make better decisions, and stand on that. So that's what I would be telling Deshaun Watson. Appreciate you guys for listening and being with us this morning. See you guys tomorrow.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want,